The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Source of Truth podcast. And we're so glad you're with us today as we take just a few minutes out of our day to study God's Word. And we're glad you made a point to join us, whether you're watching this live at 11 o'clock or listening to this at a separate time or watching this archived. It is truly a privilege to be part of your day, and we're grateful for all those who join us. We mentioned the last couple episodes that uh, here in a few weeks we want to start this potential idea of talking about answering some questions. And we've gotten some great questions so far, and we're putting them kind of in a list and hopefully be able to answer them. Uh, But if you've got questions or topics that you hope maybe we would cover or discuss, we're not turning this into a political podcast, but we'd love to, if you have a question or a concern or a thought, it can be simplistically down to the differences of belief, of heaven. I mean, they they don't have to be complicated questions. And we'll make a point not to necessarily mention your name when answering the question. We just love the opportunity. Uh, If there's questions out there that people who are watching or listening to this have, we'd love a chance to be able to answer those. couple quick ways you can get those to us. If you go to our website at bensalembaptist.org, there is contact form at the bottom of each page. You can send it to us that way. You can email us, the bbcchurchoffice at verizon.net. If you know, uh, if you're part of our church, you know me personally, you can use my cell phone number and text me the question, and we'll use that as some content coming up here in a couple of weeks. Today we're in Psalm chapter 115, if you're following along with us, as we look at another great passage that I think is interesting. And, and, and it, while it is understandably historical and it makes complete sense to the nation of Israel, it is extremely relevant to today in today's landscape. When I think of today's landscape, I don't think necessarily political as much as I think of today's um, religious landscape. Uh, I said often, if you follow along with our teaching and our preaching, one of the things that we state that I still believe, there's a grave difference between a relationship with Jesus and religion. I'm not a fan of the term religion. I'm not a fan of the movement of religion. Let me explain what I mean by that. The term religion to me is a man-made institution that places rules and regulations upon people that hopefully, if you do enough of these, you will gain the approval and love of God. And hopefully, if your good outweighs your bad, then that would be enough for you to get to heaven. The problem is there's nowhere in, in the Bible that describes those things, none of that. And please understand, you can take some scripture out of context to make that happen. But the simple fact is that uh, Jesus loves us unconditionally as we are. Don't get me wrong. We can't get to heaven as we are. We need to come to him for salvation. That's where relationship with Jesus comes in. But we're going to look a little bit of that in this passage from the Old Testament to describe that the thinking that I think can be somewhat of a tainting thought that causes grief in the the confusion of religion today is not new in, in in the year 2021. Psalm 115. Now unto us, O Lord, not unto us, sorry, let me rephrase it. I did not read the first word correctly again. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory for thy mercy and for thy truth's sake. Wherefore, Wherefore should the heathen say, where is now their God? But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatever, whatsoever he hath pleased. So the first three verses... He starts off talking about that when we talk about him and, and, and worship and glory, the glory should go to him, not for us. 
his judgments, his grace, but also why? Because for thy truth's sake, because he is the truth. He is the search of truth. Please understand, he does not have his truth. He does not have a version of truth. He does not have the Christian's truth. He is truth. We, we live in a day, we live in a culture where, where people say, you have your truth and I have my truth and they have their truth. And, and, and we can have five different views and all of them are correct. That's not true. It's just not possible. You can't have four versions of truth. It's either truth or it's not true. And ultimate truth comes down to Jesus. Don't get me wrong, people who want to claim Jesus doesn't exist hate that. People who don't want Jesus to be Lord of their life hate that. But that doesn't change the fact. The truth is Jesus. And I'm not just talking religious truth. I'm talking truth about heaven, truth about hell, truth about religion, truth about money, truth about family, truth about marriage, truth about everything. And I can state that because the more we follow our own truth, the worse things get in life. Anybody wants to follow that, they see that in their own lives, how it, things just seem to be falling apart. And that's exactly how we are at this point. And so we look at this truth. He says, for thy, sake, for, for thy true sake. He is the truth. He's not just one of them. So they talk about him as the truth. And there's a reason we talk about that. Because in a second, they're going to talk about a distinction. In verse 2, wherefore should the, the heathen say? The heathen is those who refuse to believe in Jesus. They say this, where is now their God? They ask us as Christians, where is your God? Simply, You've got a group of people who are talking to Israel, and Israel is not seeing the miracles at the rate that they did when they were coming through the wilderness. And, you know, the last chapter just talked about the exodus out of Egypt and the massively amazing miracles, the national phenomenons that God did uh, to get Israel to where it was. Now they're saying, well, if he was so good, how come he's not doing that anymore? Kind of like he did those things, but he doesn't love you enough to do those. And, and it's easy, if we're not careful, to fall into that human reasoning. So he gives an answer in verse 3. Our God is in heaven, in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. I love the fact that there's no desire to defend God here. It's a simple answer. God is God, and it's who are we to tell God how to act? You know, it wasn't, it's not a matter of we should submit ourselves to God, so maybe he will respond and do something. It's a, this passage is literally saying God is God, and who are we to tell God how we should or should not act? If I feel like I can tell God how he should or should not act, and I have become God. He has become my servant. We've swapped it, and that's what humanism does, by the way. Humanism says, I am the God, and if there is a supernatural, they don't believe in supernatural beings because, well, I'm God, I'm the center of my life. But if they acknowledge there was one there, he's only there for me because I'm God. I'm the God of my life, which is why I can have my own truth and have my own this and have my own that, which is where all the chaos in the world's coming right now. And so... This is God. He does what he wants. But I love what happens now, because in the next few verses, they, they, they step away and they talk about the gods. Now, this is the gods of the day of Israel, but he describes these gods. In verse 4, their idols are silver and gold, the works of men's hands. These men have made them themselves. Five, they have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. No, noses have they, but they smell not. They have hands, but they handle not. Feet have they, but they walk not. Neither speak they through their throat. They that make them are like unto them. So is everyone that trusts to them. Catch this in verse 8. The people who make these idols are no different than the idols, and everyone that trusts in the idols is no different. They have just taken 
art, um, mining material, gold, silver, precious metals, you could say, and they've created these idols. And then somehow they think that these idols, now I think they would go as far as to say they're impugned with some form of divine nature. They're replicas of who they would believe to be their God. And so they have a physical form of who they believe to be the religious God or religious superior being that they're following. But simply put, these things, these idols, these items were created by man's hand. So here's the thing. We, they created themselves, put them on a shelf, and then they bound on hoping that this thing that they have created will save them. And I look, you know, I, 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 had, I had worked on my car yesterday in a mechanic. I got in there last night and the brakes were squealing. It was very, very simple. Uh, just a simple clip was in the wrong place. It was not, not safe. They did, the mechanics did a good job, fixed it quickly for me this morning. Not a problem. But the fact is, when I get in the car, yeah, I trust that the people who know what they're doing do it well, but I'm not trusting my eternality and my strength and source off of the work of a man's hands. Because here's the thing, I'm, I'm trusting their knowledge. I want a God more powerful than me. So what he does is he says, you can look at what I know God's done, but I'm looking at your gods and they're empty. See, why is that so relevant today? Because the world is still looking. Yeah, they're not probably putting idols, although outside of America, all over the globe, people are still bowing down to idols, to physical idols, convinced that these physical items somehow represent something greater. You know, one of the unique things about Jesus that every religion and most of them should have to acknowledge, all of their gods have died. If there was a human form of that person at some point, they've died. But uh, Islam claims this, but Jesus is the only one to have raised from the dead. Jesus died and rose again. And we look at this and we know this, this is, this is truth. The Bible teaches it, we know it to be true. And we look at this and that's what makes him so distinct from other gods. He created the universe, he died, he rose again out of, the power, out of his own power, the power of the Holy Spirit, God raising God from the dead. He is more powerful, he's won all of this. That he, the idols and the religions of today don't match that. Now we have humanism and we have, someone says, I don't believe in God, I don't believe God exists, I don't, I don't do this, I don't like religion. And we're all seeking for something. We're seeking for something bigger. You go to some countries and there can be a hundred, a thousand different forms of pagan religions just in that one area. I mean, you, I drive around our area, just, just within a mile and a half of our church, there's six other churches. Each of them would teach a version of the same thing and you look and say, why is it so confusing? And I think we do, even in, even in the church realm, we're so good at saying, well, I'm right. I, can I encourage you that the simple answer is not found in a church. The simple answer is found in the Bible. And we try to make that too complicated. And yeah, don't get me wrong, we can, we can make the Bible say what we want. A lot of people are trained at that. But the key is following the word of God and following Jesus. And I think that's what the simple answer is. We fight so hard to break amongst names of denominations or churches, and the simple answer is found in Jesus. And if we could just get our eyes focused upon that. Satan loves the fact that there's debate. Satan loves the fact there's confusion amongst all of this. And he, he's thriving in the fact that religion itself is one of the things that drives people away from God. And may we realize that religion itself is nothing. We must have Jesus. It sounds so simple, but it's so much more than maybe you've ever recognized. And I hope that for you, that would help. Now, for those of us who have put our faith in Jesus, there's confidence. God will do what he wants and the pagan religions of the world have nothing. 
but we have God. And God is powerful. God is alive, and he will do what is right for us and what honors him. And that's what we hold on to. And I hope that that is part of the encouragement, that we have this source that, you know, he's overcome the world, and he that lives in you, the Holy Spirit, is greater than he that lives in this, in this world, Satan. And that's what our confidence, and we hold in that, and we live and trust in him because of that. I hope that challenges you. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. I also hope that if you're not sure you're saved, that you would consider the truths of today, that religion itself is not the answer. We need Jesus and Jesus alone. If you have any other questions, you can submit them to him. If you just want to talk, I'll be in the office today until about 4. Uh, if you want to call us at the church office, you can find that information on our website. We'd love the chance to chat with you if we can be of a help. Thanks for joining us today in this Wednesday edition. We hope to see you tonight in person here at 7 o'clock, Adult Bible Study, Youth Group, and Kids Club, or the Adult Bible Study be streamed at 7 o'clock uh, on our uh, fa- you, uh, you website, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. Thanks for joining us again today. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow.